Right. We're live. Okay. We're, we're talking. Live. We'll come to that <laughs> later, maybe. Listen, um, it's great to have you here, Billy. Thank you. It really it's is wonderful. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, it's great. You're just so wonderful. You just said, yeah, I'll come. And it turned out you're almost a neighbor. You're just down the road. Yep. Got very lost coming here, but... <laughs> Yeah. It happens. It happens. It happens. In the country. <laughs> but you're here now, so it's wonderful. And um, I'll be honest with you, Mo, the reason why I invited you was because so many of my followers were like, you need to get Philly G. <laughs> really? Yeah. Seriously, I was like, you need to get Philly G on your show. And I was like, who's Philly G? And then I Googled you. I'm like, oh, Philly G. She sounds interesting. I would <laughs> like to have a conversation with her. So that that's actually how I found out about you. And it turns out, actually, a lot of my friends know you. Yes, and we have a lot of mutual friends in common. I know, right? So next Thursday, we're going to be meeting up. We are. In a bar in Fulham, apparently. I know. I'm very excited. <laughs> so am I. It's, it's such a funny small world. And um, it's funny how people's walls start to come together. And compared to like where we were pre-COVID, I probably would never have spoken to you or met you. And look, look what's happened. Likewise. Now. I mean, I mm. lost uh, virtually all of my friends in uh, 2020. Uh, and I'm very blessed now to have this whole new crowd of tribe of wonderful, wide awake people around me, which is just lovely. Because we're I'm... so much cooler. <laughs> we are. <laughs> I had a similar culling, and I have no regrets. It's like, were they really your friends? That's like, you know, really, were they genuinely your friends? Now, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. Sometimes you meet someone for the first time, and you know, I can trust you. You're my friend. We're aligned. We're on the same page. You've got ethics, morals, and integrity. And I, I think the whole COVID thing was that real barometer, that real test. So yeah. it's great. It's one of the great things that came out of it. I mean, believe it or not, some things good have come out of it. And I think one of that is awareness of people and learning about their health and also realizing the lies that have been going on for a very long, a very long, time. long time. You know, food, everything, not just this. Anyway, just before we went on air, I was talking about podcasts. You know, I'm a newbie. I've only been doing this for six weeks. I know. Congratulations. Thanks. It's really exciting. You're going to love your journey. <laughs> I am really enjoying it. It's not as exciting as my chickens laying, laying eggs. Yeah. We've had five so far. That's precious. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> you know, every single time we open up and it's like, oh, there's a little egg. <laughs> You just wait till you crack that first double oak and you'll just be so excited. I can't tell you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the kids to see that. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, I'm still really enjoying the journey of the podcast. It's amazing. I love having conversations with people. I love learning new things from people. Um, and I have. And I really am passionate about helping others. And yes, I've, I love my job as a doctor and a surgeon and helping people. And I help a lot of people. But actually, if I can help multiple more through this medium by educating and informing and empowering and inspiring from the stories that people are going to tell, like yourself, wow, that's pretty incredible. So that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And the whole, for me, the journey of doing this is, and with my podcast, is to share these stories so that we can stop people going to the doctor, sorry, Dr. Malik. <laughs> But stop them going to the doctors and, you know, needing surgery because prevention is the best medicine there is. And it has been hugely neglected because there's no money in healthy people. Bingo. No money in healthy people. Sarah Myhill, who we both love, 
said, you know, a patient cured is a customer lost. Yep. And I think, you know, that's part of the problem. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to operate on people and I don't, I don't want to give pills and medication to people. I keep telling people like the fittest, healthiest version of yourself is one that's not on drugs. Yep. Absolutely. And you need to treat people holistically. And I've been on my own journey and having treated myself and having been a patient myself, you know, I now look and see patients very differently. So take this morning, for example, this afternoon, I had a patient with an ankle sprain that's not getting better. And it was six months ago, she had injured it. But You know, there's a lot more going on. She looked very down, very negative and a bit tearful. And this, this is a bit out of proportion for an ankle sprain. So when I dig deeper, it turns out there is a problem with her upper gut. She might have SIBO or, you know, some, you know, yep. over a fungal infection or bacterial overgrowth in her upper gut. Um, it sounds like she's from over, over fermenting there. She's got upper GI symptoms. She's had surgery 10 years ago on that area that hasn't helped. She is feeling very down and depressed. She doesn't have any energy. She is stressed. She doesn't have any coping mechanisms. And the reality is her pain will obviously be heightened because of all these background factors. And yeah. if I just treat her ankle, yep, let's do an injection. Let's fix your ligaments. That's not going to address the root causes and root problems that she's suffering from. No, it's not. So I really try and work holistically. And I think she was a bit surprised. But then she said, thank you, because no one's really taken any interest in any of this. Um, and I think... We need to go back to a more holistic practice and try and treat people at the root cause and prevent illness, stay away from interventions as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I, um, I had Dr. Bruce Lipton on my podcast and he mm. talks about, you know, Western medicine, allopathic medicine is the third biggest killer of mankind. And, you know, that has got to be recognized and they nearly killed me. I mean, I had a spinal fusion and they missed my spine with the anesthetic and I nearly died. You know, it's, um, and I know quite a few people that have died because of surgery going wrong. Um, you, you know. can't, you can't just drop that bombshell and just <laughs> carry on as if like, let's talk about the next topic. So listen, let's start off there. Tell me about what made you start a podcast. It's called the wellness, the wellness way with Philly J lay. The Wellness Way, <laughs> Philly J Way. So, you know, why did you start a podcast last year? And what are, what has your journey been? Because there's always a backstory. Oh, yes. And in your case, it really is a backstory. It is a backstory. <laughs> so nine and a half years ago, I had a spinal fusion, as I said, and they missed my spine with the anesthetic and I nearly died. And um, my life actually wasn't saved that day by a surgeon, but by the registrar of the hospital. And she just stayed by, by, by my bed for, uh, apparently it was 24 hours. I didn't know this until quite recently and just kept asking me to find my happy place and saying, where's your happy place? Let's go to your happy place. And I couldn't find it. I was in agony. I remember being brought round from the operation and I will hear the scream I let out until the day I die. I, I don't know where that scream came from within me, but the pain was unbelievable and they couldn't give me pain relief because they'd injected all the anesthetic into me. Yeah. They had just missed <clears throat> the right place. So um, they were just like, oh, we can't do anything now. We've just got to see if she pulls through. Which so why is could it have killed you when they missed the anesthetic? Did they puncture a vein or artery or what happened? No, so they, um, with the spinal fusion, you're having a, a cage, a metal cage put in. It was the bottom disc. Yeah. And the disc had shattered again. 
had I known about getting to the root cause of that, um, you know, if I'd known then what I know now, I wouldn't have needed surgery, but I didn't. Um, but the epidural is so that when they bring you round, you're completely numb because they've done um, nerve drafts and bone drafts and, you know, it, it's this, you've got this big metal cage. So they numb the spine out with an epidural uh, so that you can't feel it. And then they can start giving you painkillers, you know, 24 hours later. But they missed my spine with the anaesthetic. So I didn't have any pain relief in that whole area around the cage. Um, and it was unbelievably painful. I mean, I just couldn't believe what I felt in my body. And um, as I said, I didn't come around for 24 hours. And then my um, husband, then uh, Danny, was phoned and asked to bring the children in and he'd been trying to come in from you know a couple of hours later saying oh, can we come in can we come in and they go no 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 and he didn't know what was going on and then when the kids came in um they were my happy place and I came round and um you know the love of my children I think really saved my life that day but I had a completely shit two years. Um, I was addicted to opioids, overuse of alcohol, mm. barely left my bed, uh, became a big fat beached whale. Um, I, when I say I barely left my bed, I didn't even go downstairs to cut my daughter's 13th birthday cake with her. There was nothing in me that wanted to survive really. And Danny kept saying, we've got to see a lawyer. And, I'm, I, and I just had to block it out. I'm going, I can't, I can't talk to anybody. And I just thought by staying in my bed and taking my opioids and I had an opi um, a, a patch on my back of painkillers. And I mean, I, I had boxes of them. And, and somebody said to me that they remember ca calling in to see me, how I was after the school drop off. And um, said you were just downing opioids with a bottle of wine. 8.30 in the morning. And I have obviously no recollection of that whatsoever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was in a, a really, really bad way. And then lots of autoimmune diseases were coming up. And then I got a frozen shoulder. And then one day I looked in the mirror and I just noticed this massive lump in my throat. <clears throat> and I just thought, oh, okay, I'm going to go and see a doctor. So I did. And I sat there and cried. And I, I have the most beautiful GP. Uh, and I sat there and cried and I told him what was going on. He said, OK, we've got to start um, getting you some treatment. And I ended up seeing four consultants in a week. Um, and I kept saying to the consultants, is, is it all connected? You know, what's going on in my body? Is it all connected? And they don't know. They, they just go, well, I'm just going to operate on the tumour and you're going to most probably lose your thyroid and I'm going to operate on your shoulder and I'm going to do this. And I kind of went, oh, no, because um, I know my body is connected. Mm. And so uh, I agreed to have the tumour out, which, again, you know, if I'd have known what I know now, I wouldn't have needed to do. But um, and I only lost half my thyroid, which was good. Uh, but they said, oh, you're going to have to be on thyroxide for the rest of your life. And I went, nah. I'm not taking drugs for the rest of my life because I know, having looked at my mom, um, that, you know, once you start on one drug, it has a side effect and then you're on another Absolutely. drug. Uh, and I didn't want to go that route. And, you know, 
everyone's saying no cyroxin's a really safe drug and I'm going it might be one of the safer drugs I'm not doing that and actually I'm not having any more treatment you're not operating on my shoulder I'm done and I kind of walked away from western medicine obviously it is brilliant for emergencies um and I do see my doctor still because I want to know what what's wrong with me I want the testing done so I know what's wrong uh, and then I can go away and heal myself <laughs> And uh, we all have these extraordinary abilities to heal ourselves. And what happened in that two years in in bed was, as well as all the kind of illness going on with me, um, my sister died of motor neurons disease. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Thank you. And my mum died um, being in a care home. After two months in there, she died of a diabetes um, fit and she wasn't diabetic when she went in, but the food was shit. And I used to go in as often as I could and take just tons of blueberries and healthy food. So I was doing a lot of research then on healthy food and Alzheimer's and, and, and I've always had an interest in food and healthy food because I'm a grower's daughter. Um, so, you know, that was going on. Um, and then, uh, my friend Sarah died of cancer and then my best friend and soulmate Polly, um, died, uh, with cancer. Uh, but she chose to have, um, a very heavy regime of, of chemo. Mm. Um, and she had ovarian cancer and, you know, that is kind of, it's a, it's a tough one. Uh, to survive. So I was doing an awful lot of research because I couldn't get out of bed. So I used to buy docu-series and listen to them, you know, so the truth about cancer and the food revolution network and, you know, loads and loads of uh, docu-series so that I could get this information. So I'd started going down the rabbit hole way before my tumor came out. And I'm like, okay, um, I just got frightened by it, which is why I agreed to it. And and the uh, the problem is that we are scared by cancer. We are. And we have been made to be scared by cancer and we're not getting to the root cause and we're not dealing with the root cause uh, along with everything else. You know, we're just not. And so I started my journey through diet and nutrition and got a lot better and started intermittent fasting Losing the weight because it's the way to go. Yep, uh, I'm a, a mad intermittent faster. I love it. What's your average um, fast for the week? What well, I haven't eaten yet today, and um, do, you, do you time it or I don't know. How does I time it? I listen to my body, and when my body wants to eat, I'll let it. You know, I push past the comfort zone a bit because I believe you should push past the comfort zone absolutely on everything. You know, whether that's breath work or your cold rain shower or um, your food just kind of get comfortable in the discomfort. Uh, oh, what a lovely saying! Oh yeah, <laughs> you can say you can take that one. I give it to you. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm going to take that one. <laughs> okay, what was it? <laughs> oh God! Oh, no, I just, I, I want to hear you mess it up on your body, guys. <laughs> it's a, no, it, it's get comfortable in the discomfort. Discom- get comfortable in the discomfort. Love that. But it's true. It's true. People are too soft now. Yeah. People are like, oh, I don't like that. You're hurting my feelings. Oh, my goodness. Like, you know what? Just suck it up. No. (laughs) Toughen up. Well, feelings are, um, I differ with you slightly on that. Physical physical and and feeling-wise, just everything, just get tough. It builds resilience. Well, I believe you just have to clear it. 
Yeah, that, that's well. so. Um, so I work with with clearing patterns, well, and and that was kind of where my my kind of journey led me to. So I, you know, I'm fasting and I'm doing all of this stuff and I'm rebounding for three minutes a day in the morning, which is fantastic for you. Now hold on one sec. So one, how long is your fast for on average? Oh. Like, like, is it 18 hours? Do you do have one meal a day, two meals a day? What do you do? Normally two, but they're quite close together. Yeah. So your eating window is quite narrow. It's quite narrow. So um, sometimes I'll eat at one o'clock lunchtime, uh, my first meal, um, you know, it's 4.30 now or something. I haven't eaten yet today. Um, so if my tummy rumbles, forgive me, because <laughs> I just, I wasn't hungry. So I just didn't even think about, oh, I'm yeah. recording. Um but I, you know, I can do, uh, I, before the, um, before, what do you call it? 2020. I'm just going to say before 2020, uh, I used to go away once a year and do a, a five day fast, Wow, which I completely love, but with, um, shots. So my daughter's tell me that they can now drink copious amounts of alcoholic shots because I used to take them at kind of 12, 13 on retreat uh, and make them do wheatgrass and turmeric and all the beetroot. And they go, honestly, mum, once you started with those blowing shots, you can do anything. I'm going, that was not the point of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to have one meal a day and I it it's just fine. It's enough for me. I, I actually struggle to have more than one meal. And for me, intermittent fasting has been one of the most powerful things health-wise. Yeah. In the last five years. So I'm a big believer in that. You mentioned bounding. What's that? Rebounding. 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 So I'm on a journey. So what's rebounding? So it's just those mini trampolines. Oh. And you just bounce on them. And it's how NASA train astronauts and things. And one, uh, it's exceptionally good for your core. Uh, very, very good for um, your strength. And you your body, you push your body so fast that the autophagy starts as it does with the fasting. And it's a really good way to start your day on an empty stomach. You're just, even if it's a minute. Um, Trampolines are also great for foot and ankle business. Are they? I see lots of ankle sprains as a result. So, so keep, keep rebounding. Just keep it going. Well, the rebounder is very small. Oh, so get a big one. So, um, so you're literally just kind of bouncing then one foot to the other. And um, it's a great form of exercise. Uh, and I do my breath work at the same time. And you know, I've got a bit lazy on the rebounder now, I'm not going to lie. But um, this is how... I started my journey. It was just like, and I couldn't rebound. I mean, obviously when I kind of started, it took me a long time to get to the rebounder. And I was in such a state that my starting point, just to give people hope, was to stand there and clean my teeth and hold on to the basin while I clean my teeth mm. and literally try and lift one leg off the ground at a time and put it down, swap, do the other one. Um, just, just trying to get my balance back. Yeah. And I think I did um, about a year of that. I mean, it was a long process. Do you know what's a really good test uh, uh, of fitness and health? Sit down on the floor and without using your hands to push yourself up, just get back up again. How quickly can you get up Ooh. from the sitting down position? Oh, I've never tried that. Sit cross-legged and just get up. And the quicker you can get up without any aid pushing yourself up, it will show you how fit and healthy you are. It's a big sign. It's really, okay. it's very, yeah, it's very obvious who's not so healthy and <laughs> not so strong. And it just goes to show simple things like getting off a floor is a good exercise. Just moving and doing is exercise. Movement is life. Anyway, 
And, and, and also, while I was doing that, um, I discovered the works of Dr. Um, Zach Bush, MD, who I'm a massive fan of and who's coming on my podcast. I'm so excited. Um, and he talks a lot about, you know, the gut and breathing in your gut biome. And he was saying, you know, change your walk every day. If you're, you know, get out in nature and, and go for your walk and change the path and breathe and breathe in through your nose. So you're getting all your gut bio in. But he said just a little thing by putting your toothbrush on the other side of the basin or you know, popping it behind you on a shelf, all of it is helping to increase the gut biome. And I then discovered that I'd had leaky gut as well. Um, and when you have leaky gut, you feel shit. I mean, it's, it's horrible. So I had to rebuild my gut rebuild my balance, learn to walk again, you know, the whole shebang. Um, and it, it was a very big journey uh, and I did really well. And then I, um, my marriage ended and I put something up on Facebook because Danny, bless all him, the best people have been divorced. So, well, Danny, bless him. I went on a, a very big journey and I was not the woman he'd married. So it's really hard if you don't want to go on that journey with somebody and all of a sudden life changes. And and I was a bit mad, actually, if I'm honest about it. You know, I get in an Uber. You were. Um, yeah. You um, were. Yeah, really mad. As in like, you aren't now. <laughs> oh, no, this is pretty calm, but- <laughs> oh yeah now i get an uber and if they had an air freshener which they all did i'd be hysterical i mean absolutely hysterical because i'd be breathing in those toxins mm. um you know i i went completely bonkers about um danny wearing aftershave going, i don't want that fucking shit near me why are you bringing chemicals in the house and you know and uh, i mean i was yeah, I got rid of all the chemicals in my house and um, <laughs> that makes modern day living quite hard. <laughs> it yeah, doesn't, but you know how. But. I, I'm on a journey and I'm, we're doing it slowly, slowly. So I got rid of all the seed oils, got rid of it, um, got fluoride toothpaste, fluoride free toothpaste. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, we're distilling a water and adding salts back into it. And yeah, I'm, and cutting out chemicals. I don't, I don't, I don't need anything. I don't wear aftershave don't have antiperspirants i don't sweat particularly i don't have well you need beer. to sweat because it is a deep i know as in like i don't i'm not the kind of sweaty drippy but kind of person the thing is that your sweat only smells bad if yes. you're detoxing which is what it is meant to do you know it is one of the detox pathways absolutely and so if you if you're you know eating a load of shit and all the rest of it and then it's got to come out and you'll smell bad. So I don't, I don't think I eat shit. <laughs> I got a pretty healthy diet. Good. And yeah, but we've been trying to cut down all the chemicals and it's a slow process. And um, you're right. You need your other partner to be in sync with you. I, I always tell people, you know, marriages are only successful if the, if both partners are walking, not just, you know, towards the same de- destination roughly, but you know, in parallel and in, and they're in synchronous motion and not holding hands, but close. You know, if, if my wife and I take one step apart, that's a millimeter off, take 10,000 steps on average in a day, 10,000 steps times one millimeter. That's quite a lot. Yeah. yeah and then is. after a day turns into a year, suddenly you're like miles apart. Yeah. You're literally miles you're apart. Miles apart. But that's... it started off with just one millimeter incremental distance. Yeah. Just it's just, it's, it's so subtle. You don't even see it. And so when people say, oh, you know what? Oh, 
we just we, we you know we we just stopped loving each other you know the, our marriage we just we just grew apart yeah you literally grew apart and but it didn't happen overnight it happened over a very slow process and you took your eye off the ball and frankly if you're not working at your marriage every day it's not working that's why i say to my wife so i work really hard and i'll be honest with you the covid years were tough because not one millimeter we were we were meters apart immediately and i was panicking this is going to end our marriage because we are and then to to get the course correction to get back Mm. together i was screaming trying to say hey i'm over here where are you going because she was had her blinders on she's just walking straight didn't know i was not with her and the course correction can be quite a violent thing to get you back together but thankfully in our marriage we were able to do that that's brilliant. That's one of the reasons why I'm so upset with the government. Because, and yes, and even to this day, I know so many people whose marriages are struggling or have failed because of the last three years, which is quite sad. Mm. But anyway, I'm really sorry to hear that your relationship didn't break down, but it is, everyone has their journey. It's fine. It was a amicable divorce. You know, we... We did it in the best possible way. There's a um, a wonderful quote, and I can't remember who said it. Um, it says, you can't go into your next relationship. Um, the way you go into your next relationship will be indicative of the way you left your last one. Mm. Um, so, you know, you, you, I try every day to practice forgiveness and I practice gratitude. And I'm very grateful for the years that we had and our two beautiful children. Um, and... And I forgive him for not coming on this path with me, but um, you know, it, it it it's a big, it, it's a you know, it's a big gig to follow. And I went down the rabbit hole, you know, and I, you know, he was taking statins. So I'm going, stop fucking taking those, really. You don't need them. Stop it. Um, you know, kind of popping painkillers whenever he wanted, giving the children cowpole, and I'm going, no, don't. So it's really, you have to be on the same path, really, with somebody. Do you think now, the person that you are, would you do anything differently to try and help see? Because I found when I was trying to explain things to my wife in a very direct, and here's all the fact, it didn't really work. And I was really struggling. And then when I realized, actually, the way in was, to reconnect with why we fell in love, spend time together, listen to music, just have fun, start laughing and giggling and, you know, stop going down the rabbit runs <laughs> and trying to expose it all to her. And then when we rebonded and I came from a position of love and not, see, I told you, this is see, she was more receptive to it. And I think the reason why I'm using this analogy is I think it's not just my wife. We have a we have the the whole of humanity to wake up. Yeah, and if we don't play it right, we're just going to upset them, and they will turn away from us and go, "Oh, look at these quacks, and look at these crazy people," and they won't pay attention. Because this is why I think you're doing a podcast, and I'm doing this podcast ultimately for the same reason, which is to wake people up and to empower them and have everyone living a healthy fulfilling life happy life and the thing is that you know i I live on the 80 20 rule now i used to be so rigid and um and i will my mentor um the wonderful penny kroll when i started working with her and i'll come to what i trained in with penny um she she said to me 
you do realise that you're kind of permanently in trauma because you're panicking about what you're eating. You're panicking about mm. um, if there's a fire retardant in, in the furniture next to you. You're panicking um, if somebody walks that's in. Stress, the that's stress. Your adrenals are going off. Yeah. Your cortisol's firing yeah. off. Yeah. And so I learned to kind of chill out a, a lot more. Um, but so what happened with... Um, when my marriage ended was I was contacted by the lovely Penny Kroll uh, and she said, um, I'm doing a course starting in September and I think you should join the course. Um, and we hadn't seen or spoken to each other for 22 years. We'd lost contact and we hadn't known each other that long, but I'd started following her on Facebook. So she started following me back and, uh, but we hadn't really connected again. Um, but she said, you know, can I have your email and I'll email you the details. So I gave it to her and I looked at the course and it was something called EFT matrix reimprint. So I'd never heard of this. Um, neither have I. Oh my God, it's miraculous. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you will. <laughs> tapping, 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 you know, tapping. Okay. Oh, it's a marvel. Tell uh, me. Oh, I, I will told you. Do. I, I'm in the beginning of this journey. Okay. So, uh, well, uh, what happened was I looked at the price of the course and I kind of thought, well, I don't actually know um, how long my money is going to last at the moment because I had had my own company, but I kind of thought, oh, I don't know. You know, maybe I shouldn't do this course. And she messaged me at that exact moment and said, oh, by the way, it's a gift. And when the universe gives you a gift, you take it. Oh, wow. I'm like, Oh, wow. Thank you. So, um, so I went along and uh, I sat there and everybody's tapping. And basically tapping is acupuncture without the needles. And so you're tapping on the ends of the meridians. And while you do this, you talk to yourself. Um, and it's, it's miraculous for absolutely everything. So we have triggers in life. So we have our big T's and our little T's, which are traumas and from the triggers. And um, you can use EFT for absolutely everything. And when they went... Sorry, the what, what does EFT stand for? Oh, sorry. Emotional freedom technique. Emotional freedom. And that's why I said to you, um, when you said suck up the emotions, no, you have to get them out. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I agree. Listen, so, so for example, today, again, in the clinic, patient very emotional. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I said, no, let it out. Cry. It'll be, it's, you need to let it out. So I pent up frustration, anger, tearfulness. Let it out. Just let it out. I, I believe. No, but what I'm saying is I think it's important not to try and avoid um, difficult things, difficult circumstances, because that's how you get stronger. You need to face up to things. And some things in life are going to be tough. And, you know, they you can't, you can't to... run away from it. You can't run away from things that are difficult. It's what I'm trying to say. You need to face up to them. But tapping is a brilliant technique for that because you, you start on the side of your hand three times ago, even though, even though that person is pissing me off because maybe I don't agree with what they're saying. I'm willing to love and accept myself, even though I really don't like that person's point of view. I'm absolutely willing to love and accept myself. And you do that three times and then you start on the top of your head going through the tapping points and you talk about everything you're feeling and you, in your body, you give it a color and you give it a form and you will feel where it is in your body. And I know this sounds mad. So when Penny's explaining this and everybody's sitting there and doing it, 
I'm just thinking, holy shit, get me out of here. This is insanity. You know, like when you're tapping like that, you look like some person with like, you know, autism, like just some person just tapping. Is it, is it similar to that? Like, is that um, why they do it? Or like, you know, when they, they, they fidget and they can't their fingers or they, well, yeah, yeah. You know, they, mean, do, they do this. Kind yes, of thing. yeah. I mean, that is it. Is the body is it some kind of release and yeah. And you know, when you're stressed and you tap on the desk or you'll find yourself tapping your foot and all of that is trying to release energy that is caught up. And there's um, the very famous Ice Man that was found in the Alps. Um, yes, and he was thirty six thousand years old, and he had tattoos on his body that were those energy meridians. And they were also the tapping points for arthritis. So wow. they they knew about this energy. You know, the Chinese have known about can it. I, can I be honest with you? Look, Billy, coming from, you know, my medical background. It sounds as bad as shit. <laughs> it does sound mad as shit. I'll be honest with you, it does sound mad as shit. But I've got to a point now, I'm open to anything. I'm being serious. I think it does sound mad as shit, but I'm like, do you know what? Don't knock it. Don't knock it until you try it. Because right now, I'm because I have realized so much of what I learned was complete BS, and so much I'm learning new. And in the past, I might have said, "Well, that's proper woo-woo stuff." <laughs> <laughs> well, proper. but now I think actually I need to keep an open mind. There's actually a lot of research. I'm keeping an open mind. I'm being serious. EFT and. Um, there is a lot of data in now and scientific papers, and it has been recognized to heal people. And when I arrived in this room, everybody went round and said their name. And there was one wonderful woman in the room who's uh, a friend of mine now. And so this was five years ago. Uh, and this lady, Indra, um, she was sitting there and said, it's my name. I used to work for Amnesty International, you know, kind of flying all over the globe trying to save it. Uh, and then I was told I had cancer. Oh. And I had, um, she, I think, I can't quite remember, I think it was ovarian cancer. And then she got a brain tumor. And she was basically told to go home and get her affairs in order. And um, there was no treatment on offer because, you know, it was very advanced and they're kind of, it, it's over. And she didn't want her life to be over. And so, um, the universe is remarkably clever and put Penny Kroll in her path and they worked. And th that was eight years ago from that course. So, you know, we're kind of 13 years down the line mm. and she is an incredibly healthy woman and she healed herself and her main modality, obviously she changed her diet and did lots of other things, yeah. but her main modality to get over the, all of this was EFT and something called Matrix Reimprint. But if you think EFT's mad, maybe I'm not going to tell you about Matrix yet. <laughs> Throw it in. I'm being I'm here for a journey. It's not just yeah. the listeners. I'm learning. So hit me. So you use um, EFT for Matrix and you tap on yourself. And as I said, you, you do feel the pain in your body uh, and your practitioner if you're working one with one or say you know where can you feel it coming up mm -hmm. uh, I always feel it or not always but mainly in my throat um, uh, as I said to you earlier I swear quite a lot for a spiritual person and that's because my fucking throat shack was blocked because I felt nobody was listening to me for so long and that's why the tumour came up in my throat because I didn't feel I was being heard from the pain 
that I'd gone in um, from from my back. And again, why did my back go? Because emotionally, uh, and this is something called metaconsciousness, um, which I also study, emotionally, I didn't feel I had support when my sister died. And also I felt I didn't support her. Mm. Um, I didn't, she was only diagnosed motor neurons disease a week before she died. And I just kept kind of thinking she was going to get better and, um, you know, kind of going, have you tried this? Have you tried that? You know, kind of li- listening to stuff, but th- there isn't really that much to listen to. Did you to feel or... a little bit guilty? Yeah, I did. Mm. Yeah, I did. And guilt is a very, very low vibration energy wise. And so that's why to... my back went. You need to talk about energies at some point. I mean, it's, you know, it's really, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. A few years ago, I, you know, someone had been like, you're talking about energy levels. What the hell? I, I'm, I'm being open now. I'm saying it yeah. here on this podcast. I sense energy of people. I can feel it. Yep. Some people come in, they feel really, really negative and drained. Some people are just angry. Some, some are just happy and free. And I just, I feel like we, we are ultimately energy beings. And we have, you know, magnetic fields around us. We've got our heart. You know about the Heart Math Institute? No. Oh my God! But you know, like yeah. we've got electric, sh- yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, charges all around us. Every single time you walk, your bone flexes and creates an electric charge. Our hearts running on electric pulses. Our nerves are electric. We are electric beings. We are electric beings. That's electric what we beings. are. Uh, electricity. And, and I think we've forgotten what it's like to sense and see. We don't. It's been blocked out of us. You, you've got a nice we- energy. Thank you. You've got a lovely energy. Are you just saying that? I know I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but the, I'm going to talk to you about the Heart Math Institute because Tell it's me. this brilliant institute in America. And they measure um, the the energy from the heart. Now, they can only measure about six foot, two meters away because that's all the equipment they've got to measure the heart's energy with. But they did some amazing testing. and. Um, they had people wired up so the brain and the heart were all wired up and they let off uh, big noises like a gun blast and you didn't know what was coming. Yeah. And the heart recognised it, went faster than the brain did it, it before the brain. So the heart actually knows what's going to happen and it tells the brain. Wow. Which is extraordinary. And I do something called heart math, which is when you put your hands on your heart and you breathe into your heart. And I also do one of my other mad shit things. I am. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm a, I'm a, sh- I'm a shit hot manifester and I uh, meditate a lot. Um, and I try to get two hours a day in. Uh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I love my meditation. And in the mornings, I do part of my routine. Is, do you know what I would do if I was meditating for two hours? What? I'd start Wait. off meditating, then end up falling asleep. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's okay. And people think that isn't okay. That is okay. That's the body just getting out the way. Good body. It knows how to just get out the way and let you get out there. And that's how we have dreams and that's how we connect. I have very vivid dreams. Ah, so that's kind of almost meditation, but I'm going to show, show you my blessing. My, my, my dreams are like I'm having a trip. They're, oh, are they? They're Technicolor masterpieces. I don't know where they come from. Just call you Joseph then. Can I, tell you? <laughs> I need to tell you about a recent dream I had of my dad. I'm in this really old kind of like Tudor room, like really old, big fireplace. Beautiful rug on the floor, big wooden furniture, wood, wood, dark wooden paneling all across. And um, I opened the door and it was made of gold, like gold paint on it. And they had little square panels. And there's a bust coming out of the, one of the panels. 
And it was a bust of my dad. And mm. I looked at, and I was like, where am I? What? This is my dad. And then suddenly a hand came out and my dad's eyes opened and he rested his hand on my cheek. Oh, God. And then he just smiled at me. And I cried oh. with happiness. And then I woke up. I've never been to that room. I don't know where that room is. I don't know why my dad was a gold bust. And I can still feel his hand on my cheek now. You don't know that you've never been to that room. That's your presumption. No, I'm saying from, um, from memory. I, I, yeah, yeah, no, I know. But, but I mean, you don't know if you went to that room in a past life or... I don't we, know. We don't even know. I mean, we know, Do you know so what? little. So I was this. brought up a Muslim and I was meant to not believe in reincarnation and everything. I've given up on religion. I believe in God. I believe we are spiritual beings. I don't, I don't discount past lives and future lives. I, I just don't know anymore. I'm keeping an open mind to it. I know. Uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. The more I know, the less I know. Yeah. I just, I'm just Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. We, you know, what, I, what I've done is I'm, I'm touching the tip of the iceberg. We have powers. Do you know, uh, do you know people listening there are thinking we're both woo-woo? Yeah, I know they are. And do you know what? I don't give a fuck because I know it works. <laughs> I know it works. So it's, you know, it's, it's cool. Um, so, I, I like your attitude. Good, good. So, uh, and, and, you know, basically uh, you just have to do what works for you. And if it doesn't work for you, then just move on and do something else. And yeah. just don't give up. Every step you take is a step in the right direction. Um, but, you, you know, there's, if you look at something like the pyramids being built. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What is that all about? Okay. What is that about? Okay. That is not a ton of slaves. Trust me. <laughs> Okay. Have you been to the pyramids? I have, yes. So have I. Um, yeah. Did you hear the humming inside? Yeah. What the hell was all about? It's, well, I, I was there uh, as, as, as a 10, 11 year old. And even then, when the guide was taking us around and explaining everything, you know what I was thinking in my head? Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I'm like 11 years old. I'm listening to this guy about how these pyramids have been made just a few thousand years ago and slaves. I'm looking at the bull bullshit. <laughs> I know. And they're not the biggest pyramids in the world. There are much bigger pyramids. And there's a, a Google map over Antarctica. And obviously nobody's allowed to go to Antarctica. Um, but it looks like there's a ginormous pyramid there. And there are tons in South America. Philly, hold on. I feel like we've dropped into the James Dellingpole podcast. I know, we have. Sorry. <laughs> Where's James? <laughs> But what I will say to you, why I mentioned the pyramids is, you know, we're just beginning to touch the tip of the iceberg now on sound healing. Mm. And, you know, everything, as you said, is energy and has a vibration. Yes. And so were they able to vibrate these and just have them float up? I mean, I remember as a child, um, those old black and white movies on TV where you would see people levitating and everybody thought it was fake. But it's possible, you know. I mean, these were extremely good meditators. I just don't know. Anything's possible. I just, I'm, I'm not saying no to anything. No, I, I'm not anymore. I actually think the more people say no and don't look and don't question, I think, why, why, why are you hiding? I think everything should be open to debate and questioning. Like any, you know, everything's possible. Everything's possible, but I think it's also fear. And the problem is that 
if you acknowledge that this world that we have been um, programmed to live in, mm. if you acknowledge that that is the real world, then to leave that world, you have to break down all of your beliefs. Yes. And if you break those down and discover that everything's a lie. It's pretty scary. It's pretty scary. Pretty damn scary. Pretty damn scary. <laughs> it is. It is. But uh, actually, I've got my, my book here and I'm just going to show you because on the back of my book, I have the energy vibrational scale. Do you know that from Dr. Hawkins, power versus force? Listen, 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 listen. Like, like if in, let's just say this woo-woo journey, okay? <laughs> You've got a PhD in the woo-woo journey. Yeah. I've just started off like open university, you know, course chapter one, and I'm on page one. Okay. Actually, I'm on the introduction page. Okay. Okay. So you're a lot further ahead of me. So you just have to bear with me. I will. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a newbie. Yep. But, but I, might, I might never get a PhD, but I'm on the journey. <laughs> I've signed up to the open university woo woo course. Is the first step signing up to the course. Uh, you know, it is a tough, I was going to say it's a tough old course to follow, but it isn't because the more you do it and the more you practice this, the more it works. And I have these, as, as I say very often, what the fuck moments? And I'm just like, how did that just happen? And, you know, it's the synchronicities that happen in your life. I yeah. can think of somebody now um, and I can just kind of go, Hmm, I really want you to text me and ask me this. And within seconds, I will get a text and they will ask me. Now, you might say that's a coincidence. You know, you're you're now do. a professor of woo-woo. I am now Forget a Forget the witch. PhD. I am a witch. I tell you what, I would have been burnt on the stake 300 years ago. I can promise you that. Um, I still might be. Um, but, but, you know, I've, I've learned to... To do this, I've learned to harness my powers. Now, I'm not as good as many, many people I know and in the world, but I'm pretty good. And um, when I wrote my book, uh, which I wrote in 2020, uh, I was so distraught. Put the book up, put the book up and point at the camera. What's it called? What's it called? It's called The Natural Wellness Journal. Because uh, journaling is also really good for um, releasing your emotions, but it, it's got a... It's got a lot of information on each page. It's got my daily essentials. It's uh, got a little bit about my story. Uh, is, that, is that book for me? It is for you. I love a freebie. Oh, yes. No, I bought it for Have you. Have you signed it? Uh, no, but okay, I will we'll get, yeah. I will do. I always think it's a bit presumptuous to sign it. So I, I do. But yeah, no, I know. Dr. Bruce Lipton said to me, have you signed it? And I went, oh, really? He went, yeah. Big smiley face on it as well. Everything. Yeah, I love that. Um, but um, I can't remember what I was saying now. I got all excited about signing a book. <laughs> I know the reason I wrote it was 2020 happened. And uh, I, I had thought for a long time that something would happen to bring in forced vaccinations. Mm. Uh, I had been far enough down the rabbit hole that I knew what the pharmaceutical companies were like. And I was preparing to get off grid. Uh, way before 2020. I was also learning to protect my food source because I knew what they were going to do to the food source. I'm so jealous. I, again, see, this is what I mean. You've got a PhD in this. I'm, I'm just like beginning. So I'm, I don't have enough time in my garden, but I have, um, I have a storeroom underground that should get me through to the rest of my life. Wow. 
You're ready for the zombie apocalypse. And this was before, I was building this before 2020. My children are going, are you just completely mental, mother? I went, oh no, I'm not, it's coming. And then, you know, when everything started happening and then when the war with, with Ukraine and Russia um, and they're going, you could have been right, mum, couldn't you? I'm going, I wasn't taking any chances. So when 2020 happened. Technically, I, you could argue we're in the third world war right now. I believe I mean, that, seriously. Yes. I mean, every yeah. freaking country sending weapons to, well, in the West, sending to Ukraine. It's the biggest joke in the world. I have to, like, just say this. We are not de-escalating. We're escalating. First of all, oh, we're just going to send them defensive weapons. You know, remember body armor, body armor, yep. helmets? Nothing more. Oh, we're going to just send them a few rifles. They're running out of grenades and mortars. Oh, you know what? We're going to send some armored vehicle personnel carriers, not tanks, not tanks, just armored personnel carriers. We don't want German leopard tanks in Ukraine reminding of the Second World War. And now, now it's like, oh, no, we're sending the tanks. And the scatter bombs. And the scatter bombs, the scatter munitions, the cluster munitions. We're going to send howitzers. We're going to send long range missiles. No, we're not going to do that. No, now we are. Yeah, we have we are. to. We, we yeah. have to. We're going to send air defense. We're going to send Patriot. We're not going to send Patriot. Now we're going to send Patriot. We're not sending aeroplanes. We're sending a few aeroplanes. I mean, what the it's, hell? I, I know. What I mean, the hell? This, um, I believe I Did much. you ask for this war? No. Nope. Did you sign up to it? No. Nope. Did you say you want your money going there? No. Nope. I never did. Like, nope. what the frack? And, you know, it's come out now that... Um, there was going to be a peace treaty, apparently, yes. quite early on. And then Boris went in there. No, first it was this, the Americans said, uh-uh, rip that up. And then Boris went and went, uh-uh. So I think it was twice there, were, there was a possibility to have peace. So then you have to ask yourself, why did the Americans in the bush jet, uh, about, uh, sabotage uh, a peace process? Because it wasn't in their interest. Because the agenda right from day one was to have war. It feeds the military-industrial complex, which they love. Yep. And it weakens Russia, Russia which, they, which want. they want. They want to break it up because it seems to be a country that's standing up to the agenda. And you know that in Russia, there are things like GMOs are illegal. Um, you would actually go to prison for planting GMO crops. Um, they don't have Wi-Fi in public places. And I remember saying this to my ex and he said, oh, well, that's because they're not allowed any freedom. I'm going, no, it's because they know it fries your brain. Um, so, you know, it's, they, you know, they, they're astronauts. They give, um, so I use adaptogens. I love adaptogens. Um, and there's one called Rhodiola, uh, an amazing book by Janet Newman called The Rhodiola Revolution. And she cured her husband from Alzheimer's using Rhodiola and MCT and uh, coconut oil. Um, and kind of virtually reversed his Alzheimer's. Wow. Um, and uh, she was a doctor as well. And she was trying to get him on a trial, you know, a clinical drug trial. But he was so far gone that he couldn't do what he had to do to get on the trial. Yeah. Because obviously when they do drug trials, you can't actually be that ill because otherwise, you know, um, it doesn't look good when they it doesn't die. look good. Yeah. Um, and, and so she, she couldn't get him on. And then she read this uh, Russian book on rhodiola because the Russians used to, you know, if they're um, giving their astronauts rhodiola, their astronauts can come back and just walk normally. Oh, wow. Whereas the rest of the world's astronauts have to go and lie down for a week. They're smart people, these Russians. They're really smart. And they've got an amazing culture, yeah. multicultural. They've got 
people from lots of different faiths, lots of, lots of different ethnicities. People diss the Russians. But I've got a lot of admiration for Russia. You know, I'd love to go there. So it seems, seems like an amazing country. And we should be making peace with these people. Yeah, they're, they're not, they're not yeah. our enemies. But they're not. And our enemies are closer at hand. They're not following the agenda. So, yeah. You know, I think the enemies are here at home. So I, I would agree with you. Um, well, yeah. We, we know where the enemies are. Now. We, we know what they're doing. Clash Walsh didn't write that uh, COVID-19 book in two months, you know. Um, it was a big book. That wasn't two months' work. Did it, they didn't make these vaccines in a, in a few months. Nope. They were ready. Yeah, they were ready. So the reason I wrote my book was yes. I, mine was the antidote. Cause, and, and I was just this kind of little woman kind of at home. I going, was going through the divorce and I just kind of, I was going to hang on to my house as long as I could and because it's a very beautiful place and turn it into a retreat for people with cancer as a tribute to my friends that had died. So that was my plan. And, um, and, you know, I wasn't really on social media and I, you know, um, just kind of thought, okay, I'm just going to, um, advertise and, and build a retreat. Uh, and then 2020 happened and I'm like, not on my watch. You don't fucking do it. And I turned into this witch. Um, and I thought, okay, what can I do? What can I do? So I got on social media. Um, obviously you get taken down if anything against the, you know, the narrative. So, yeah. Thought, so what, what, what was your experience of like, how were you censored? Oh, because I assume you were censored. You must oh, yes. Been, you must have been censored. Oh, yes. Well, crazy, uh, batshit, witch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, the extraordinary thing was I got taken down off TikTok. So my daughter persuaded me to promote the book to go on TikTok. Um, and I, I am not downloading that app. Though, um, well, it. <sighs> Anna Brees had actually asked me to do it as well. She said, because just get the information out to the young people. Oh, that's, um, that's good So I kind of, and, and of, my yeah. daughter's young and she said, yeah, you can do it. Terrified, trying to hold a phone up and do it, do one of those videos. And I'm going, oh, I, I can't, I can't do this. You know, I think it took a day to film the first 30 second one. Uh, and at first I was just filming sections of the book. So I kind of open it and go, oh, those are the tapping points. So I didn't have me in the the shot and then eventually they kind of said no you've got to put you in the shot as well so I thought okay so how many followers did you get on TikTok so uh, very quickly within a couple of months I got forty four thousand followers that's a lot which is I mean my daughters were going really oh my god every morning there's kind of like another kind of three thousand I'm going yeah and like two thousand comments and it's absolutely flying wow and then I had a post taken down. And that post was the health benefits of radishes. And I'm standing in the Why greenhouse. Why the hell I don't would know. that get taken down? I don't know. And I thought it's got to be a mistake. Yeah. And I'm so TikTok, TikTok, took. TikTok took it down. And I thought it's got to be a mistake. And then a week later, I d uh, put up a post on the health benefits of stinging nettles. Now, stinging nettles are... if. Two of the biggest hitters of natural medicine in the world are dandelions and stinging nettles. And I've yet, heard this. It's very strange that they're the two plants that are on the front of those chemical bottles that kill them. And we've been taught that they're weeds and we have to kill them. Now, the dandelion is so clever. It has this incredibly long taproot. And so it brings up the nutrients from the soil. 
and the leaves go brown and then they die and they put those nutrients from deep inside the earth because our topsoil is dead and they put them back into the soil. And every part of the dandelion is edible. So I've heard this. And how do you eat it? Lots of ways. So like uh, the leaves are a beautiful salad leaves. They're slightly bitter, but bitter is really, really good for you. Um, the flowers are edible in salads. Uh, but the main one for me that um, I harvest like a woman possessed in September is the root. And the root is so full of nutrients. And then I have my dandelion tea. What, so you so you wash the roots, you get the soil the out of them. Yep. And then what, just get the roots, dry them? And I dry them. Now, you can roast them on a really low temperature in the oven and that makes, and grind them, and that makes dandelion coffee, uh, which is also great. So if you're a coffee drinker, you can get it in there. Um, but every part of it, and if you look at that flower, it's so clever. You know, you have the yellow head of the dandelion, which represents the sun. And then it goes into the white seed ball, which represents the moon. Mm -hmm. And then those seeds scatter and represent the stars and the universe. Um, it is one of the most beautiful, powerful plants in the world. And stinging nettle is how I've managed to live without thyroxin. So when, yeah, I mean, it's a massive, massive. Someone said to me recently um, that you should sting yourself with stinging nettle and it'll stop you getting hay fever. Yes, um, stinging nettles are um, renowned for uh, and that was what my post was taken down on TikTok about the stinging nettles. Uh, and I'd done a post the week before um, on the snowdrops, kind of that first spring life. And I'm going, you know, all the snowdrops are here and it was a sweet post. And then I was out the following week and I came out the snowdrops and I just went, fuck snowdrops. This is when I get really excited. Mother Nature's just giving us the first stinging nettles. And I started talking about the sheer amount of vitamins and minerals. And if are, you, are you swearing in your TikTok videos? I do, yeah. And they go really well. I they they go. But I thought it was for young kids. <laughs> no, it's it's not. There's tons of middle-aged people on. Oh, okay. But you know, it's not very young kids. It's kind of people my daughter's age, you know, kind of and they were teenagers in 2020. Um but um uh, the um stinging nettle, the the seeds uh, and you harvest the the big big clusters of seeds, the female seeds, and then you dry them and you grind them and make a powder that you can put in muesli or put in, I mean, I don't really eat muesli, but you can put it in soups or stews or, and, you know, I just throughout the winter, I just take my stinging nettles and I just have just a little sprinkle of something. So so how do you do it again? You get the stinging nettle. So you, this is the seed. So from the moment the stinging nettle comes up, it has different, um, I use it for different things throughout the season. Where do you get yours? You, I mean, you've got large garden and you just but, have it. Um, yeah, or I go and get them in the woods um, and I try and kind of keep them to areas of my garden so they don't take over the garden. Yeah. Same as I do the comfrey. So you um, get the seeds? No. So the first thing is the baby stinging nettles. Now, those make a brilliant stinging nettle tea. And you literally pick them. You don't need gloves because you're picking from underneath and it's the top that stings. And also another little trick is you just go, do not sting me. And it doesn't. And if you tell the stinging not to sting you, it won't sting you. 
Okay, I'm going to okay. try that. Okay. You need to keep um, this woo-woo stuff coming. You're, you're doing okay. great so far. So you pick that uh, and you put that in. I have a teapot with a kind of uh, a little cage in the middle. So I've got my stinging nettles. I've got my dandelion root. I have hawthorn for my heart, a hawthorn berry. I have um, uh, I pine needles for um, shedding. Um, so uh, pine needle is full of vitamin C. In my water in the summer, I, I will put things like goose grass, cleaver, because that is packed with vitamin C. Um, you know, that we have all these wonderful things around us. So I make sure that I have stinging nettles in my diet every day. Babies, every day. Every day. And I have the babies um, when they first come. And, and then as they get bigger, you're still looking for the babies. Uh, and then when they start going into seed, you don't want to eat those. But you want to harvest them and put them in your water butts. And it smells revolting after a couple of weeks. But that is the most amazing fertilizer for your garden. So um, I have uh, one butt with um, stinging nettles, one with comfrey. Um, so you're giving different nutrients to the soil. Keep your dandelions growing. And that's great. Um, so that's what part of my harvest is for the stinging nettle. And then the other part is the seeds. Um, and I'll just go up, you know, sometimes I'm with my daughter in London and um, Putney Common has just got the most wonderful stuff to um, forage up there. The stinging nettles, um, the dandelions, and then they have horseradish up there, which I love. I don't think we're allowed to take the horseradish, but um, Bill, the park keeper, once told me I could have one. Um, but you know, all of this great stuff, the blackberries up there, amazing. We have good blackberries across the yeah. road. It's amazing. Yeah. My wife makes really good jam of it. Okay. So jam has a lot of sugar. Yes. Um, Are you telling yourself now? Um, no, that's absolutely your choice. And I'm sure you use a very good pure sugar. Um, but, um, I, I just make, um, a, I just literally heat it, blend it and, and freeze it and put it in smoothies so that I'm getting or just even freeze the berries it's mainly for the kids so you give like jam and toast sourdough homemade very okay. nice very nice organic homemade yeah everything very nice. heritage do you wheat. make that i make it yeah oh how lovely have you got any no so oh it doesn't last really about it, yeah then it's so good my wife said your bread is better than any bread i've ever had in any bakery wow that's pretty good like, can i have the recipe there's no recipe you make it up yeah. Yeah, no, I make up all of my... I do a live every Sunday on Instagram and TikTok from Phyllis Kitchen. Ah. Um, and everybody keeps saying, can you do a cookbook? Okay, so let me quickly go for it. I mean, because it's not really a recipe. So I um, have a starter yep. called Sebastian. Been going strong for three years. And um, so I feed the starter the night before, um, just rye and whole wheat, organic flour with water. And it comes up to about 200 mils. Mm. And then I take 160, 180 of that to then um, put into my bread making dough and the 20 that I've started that was left behind I just put in the fridge I'll feed that like when I want to make bread again and then I make up um, 550 mils of water in a bowl and mix the starter um, in that and then I add 800 grams of flour combination of whole wheat and strong white organic um, and then uh, after half an hour I add salt, 18 grams, and then after half an hour of mixing, and, and, and I don't do it with my hands, it's too much. Just put in a mixing bowl. Oh. Dough mixer, it's fine. It's easier. I've had surgery on my hands. These hands are precious. 
<laughs> I need to operate with them. I know, but you need to feel your I know, food. You I know, need to I know. I do, I do that though. So after half an hour of resting it, I then take it out and put it on the bench and I do bench folds. Okay. And then once I've done the bench folds, I put it in a bowl, in a bowl with a cover. And every um, half an hour, I do coil folds and I rotate and do the coil folds. And then after about three, four hours total time, I'm looking at it rising about double. And it depends on the temperature of the water that I've put in and the ambient temperature. So it can be anything from three and a half to six hours, depending on the temperature of the house, whether you're doing it in the winter or in the summer. The hotter and warmer it is, the quicker the, the dough will yeah. rise. So keep an eye on it because it can over ferment and then you just lose integrity. So as you f- do all these coil folds, you're building in strength into the gluten structure and you've got, you know, the dough keeps its shape. You put it back in the bench and leave it there for 10 minutes, dust it with flour, scoop it, fold it, pinch it, put it in a banatone, um, which is um, with a tea towel in it and coated with flour, wrap it all up, put it in the fridge overnight, 10 to 12 hours. In the morning, take it out, score it, put it into a hot Dutch oven, or I use a Challenger bakeware, it's metal lid on it, 230 degrees Celsius, half an hour inside, closed, then another 10 minutes off, um, and it's just beautiful. Let it cool down over four hours. If you cut into it straight away, it's very gummy, um, but after four hours, it's just it's just the best. And then with lashings of butter. Mwah. Oh, oh my God. God, that sounds my idea of heaven. That's the recipe. Oh, wow. Boom. Now, people listening to that will go, that's a lot of hard work. But, the th- okay. Um, but what I'd say, actually, because that was yeah. going through my mind. But the thing is that, you know, everything that I've written about in my book, everything that I do in my life, when you started, you know, and you said at the beginning about you being a, a newbie just signing up for uni, everything sounds overwhelming. But once you've learned to do these and you make them habits and you get into the routine. Yes. And then you taste, you reap your rewards. You reap your rewards. And whether that's tasting bread or getting out of bed um, and, and being able to live a normal life. You go, do you know what? It's worth it. And it sounds a lot. It does sound a lot. I appreciate it does sound a lot. But, you know, when you get into the habit of doing it and you do it frequently, you know, these little coilfuls take literally 30 seconds. So, you know, I'll go back to doing what I was doing. And then timer goes off. I get up, do, 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 quickly do it. Total time wise, I mean, it doesn't take more than half an hour across 24 hours. Yeah. So, Brilliant. you know, it doesn't actually take that much time. You, you, you just have to time it around your house and life and work. But, you know, good things come with effort and time and patience and delayed gratification i think part of the problem with today's society is i want it now yeah i want a quick fix i don't want to wait give it to me now and people don't realize that you know take convenience food there's no convenience convenience food is inconvenient for your health absolutely so i mean i think that was one of the reasons i spent so long in bed because i was so ill um um you know my lovely little daughter sass was kind of a big carer for me um and she would just um put a, a meal in the microwave because she was you know eight years old and um you know she couldn't cook me a meal and and people would come round and visit you and they bring you junk food you know and it was very sweet but they, they said oh i've got some lovely brownies and and in hindsight you know no wonder i had leaky gut yeah and anyone listening, if you're going to the hospital because someone's sick and unwell, please don't take them Lucasaid. And don't take them brownies and cakes and Pringles and biscuits and shit. I'm just like, what? 
take them in some really healthy bone broth. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So someone said to me recently, oh, um, a friend of mine has had a heart attack. What should I get them for a present? And I said, um, once they're fit and healthy, get them some strength and conditioning classes, you know, do something where they can learn how to exercise, S- send them to a nutrition, a dietitian. Don't send them garbage. No. Send them something they'll learn from yeah. that will, you know, help them in their recovery and teach them so that they don't need, a, they won't get another heart attack. I, I thought you were going to say, send them a slow cooker so that they could put their bones in and make their bone broth. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. I had um, Dr. Isabella Cooper sitting where you are right now on Tuesday and she's into mitochondrial health. And she was telling me, I, at the, you know, I was saying, How, what, what kind of, do you fast? She went, of course, one meal a day. Um, and then and that's called OMAD. And then I said, what about your diet? And she went, carnivore. I get lamb, I get whatever, and I put it in a slow cooker. I set it at 90 degrees Celsius, salt and pepper, that's it. And then I put the lid on and I leave it for 24 hours. And then I take it out, no water, no nothing. It's just falling off the bone and it's delicious. I was like, wow. Mm, now, I'm a vegetarian. Oh. Apart from the bone broth. Um, and the bone broth um, I put in because I had leaky gut. And I needed the collagen. So why are you a vegetarian? Oh, um, I turned vegetarian when I was 16. Very simple answer. When I was six, uh, I had a pet pig called Snowy, who I absolutely adored. And mum caught Snowy on the sofa watching Blue Peter with me one day. And she said, if you do that again, Snowy will go to the slaughterhouse. Oh, no. I thought she was joking. Oh no, that is tough. And about a month later, Snowy got served for Sunday roast. And we all sat there and cried. Um, I mean, it, it was just appalling. We all sat there and cried. Now, in my mum's defence, she hadn't bought Snowy as a pet pig for me. And he was tiny when he joined us. He was so sweet. Uh, but it was not meant to be a pet. Um, and just you, this is reminding me of my my daughter. She loves animals. Every animal she ever meets is her best friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had chickens as well, and you know, my parents had absolutely no money, and so they had to kind of grow their own meat. But they were kind of. Dad was discreet about it, so you know, one morning I'd go out and I'd feed the chickens. I go, oh. What- down a chicken. He goes, oh no, the fox has got another chicken. Monica, the fox has got another chicken. And I go, oh no, the fox has got another chicken. And then I was about eight when I walked into the um, store and saw one of my chickens hanging up waiting to be plucked. And I'm like, okay, the fox didn't get the chicken. <laughs> um, so I, I really didn't enjoy eating meat. And so I went vegetarian. Now, I think that it is incredibly important to have animal products in your diet. Mm. So I have so much organic grass-fed butter, you would not believe. I must probably, sometimes, you know, on a good day, I can, I can have a good And you can, you can have a, it's really simple. It just carries gold. It's, you know, it's cheap. You can get it from the supermarket. You don't need fancy schmancy butter. Oh, Kerry, I, no, I heard actually the other day that Kerry's gold is, is all grass-fed. It is, it's grass-fed. So... Um, I'm just saying, not everyone can get. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult for them to find it. But for all the butters, if you want to get one from the supermarket, that's good enough. I mean, I don't buy food from the supermarket. Um, I, I think it's really important that we don't buy food from the supermarket. Listen, listen, 
Absolutely. So I'm in a local food buying group run by Nat Bradbury, um, Food for Change. She was on my podcast. It's a group of families and we go direct to the growers. So I, I don't, you know, you see my garden, it's not huge. We can't grow that much. We've got some stuff growing, but we try and bypass the supermarket as much yep. as possible. So 100%. So I get my butter now, organic, grass fed, you know, from the dairy directly from the, the growers and the farmers. So. I I have to say, I I eat tons and tons of Riverford farm food. So when I was very ill, I didn't have a garden at all. Um, I had a patio, but not a garden. And I discovered Riverford. And I think they are probably one of the best farms in the world uh, for their for their environmental ethical standards ethical sustainable standards so it's, going back to your diet it's really funny there's so much so ad- sorry so the butter the cheese yes and bone broth had to come in now you have to be re- re- and I do eat eggs you have to be really careful where the bones come from um, and that's why I only have Riverford um, and I will just say if you go to my webpage you can join my refer a friend link <laughs> for Riverford <laughs> So the reason that it's really important with all of these animals, whatever you're eating, is you have to look at what they're being fed. Absolutely. And, you know, so something like, you know, we, we are hearing now that that um, certain vaccinations are going to be given to animals, that, that, that that's happening. Listen, crazy, be careful. You're going to sound like a crazy, dirty anti-vaxxer. I am, aren't I? Arr! Uh, but um, there's a lot of talk about that. And so you've got to be really, really careful. You've got to make sure that those animals have not been given antibiotics. Um, yeah. You know, there's so much that you need to look at. Yeah. And even, you know, and it's all a big marketing con because free range eggs. What does that mean? And what does that mean? It means the door to the shed's open. Yeah. That's all it means. You can still put 10,000 of them in the shed. Absolutely. And they can't get past each other and they're still pecking each other to death. Yeah. And they're eating GMO corn. Yeah. And that's the thing. But the door's open. It, it, it is that. I mean, take, for example, beef, cattle. It's just one example. You know, their natural diet isn't just grass. Their natural diet, diet is pasture. They should be eating herbs, dandelions, whatever. Yeah. Grass, a mixed diet. Ultimately... A healthy diet is a mixed diet. The more mixed diet and variety you have in your food, diversity in your food, the more diverse your bi- gut biome will be. And there's no different for an animal, for a cat. A- absolutely. There's a cheese that I love and it's seasonal and it starts coming in um, kind of, well, it's getting a little bit earlier now, but kind of November I start buying it. And I buy the last one on the 1st of March. It's called Vacheran. Uh, and it's this really gooey, lovely, sounds nice. Cheeks. It sounds like it'd be really good on my toast. Oh, it, it, believe me! It, <laughs> oh my god! And actually, I I cook mine in the oven when we've got nice. friends over. So I just score it, yeah, and I put herbs in it and a little bit of chablis, and bake that in the oven. That with your sourdough would be fit for a king. Yum yum yum! You don't get better than that. But the reason it is so lovely, yeah. is the cows um, are pastured on the hills. In the Alps. And they're happy. Switzerland. And they're happy, but they're eating all those beautiful adaptogens that you're getting from the rich soil of, of the alpine yeah, herbs. A beautiful, healthy yeah. diet rather than eating grain. It's not even their diet. Yeah. No, I know. So basically, these cows end up becoming diabetic cows. Big, fat, obese yep. 
diabetic cows and they love it because they get these big cows and heavy weight and process and whatever. Um, but they're fundamentally obese diabetic cows we're eating. Mm. Well, How you, can that be healthy for us? It's not. And if you want to know something really shocking, and this this blew my mind. So I was talking earlier about the Food Revolution Summit that comes out every year. It's normally around Easter. Mm. Now, it's all about vegetarianism, veganism, um, but I still listen to it because I want to hear. I'm on a learning journey. Yeah, I don't yeah, believe to, you can uh-huh. learn if you... Poo-poo things, you know. I, look, I'm not pooping. I'm not pooping. So I do this summer every year and I've learned so much information um, from it. One of them actually was, um, oh, uh, James Cameron, the TV, the film producer who did um, Avatar. Abyss, Avatar, lots yep. of movies, yes. Um, he actually uh, made a, a movie about veganism um, and all the men in the movie were getting huge erections compared to uh, the other guys. And by the end of the movie, all the crew had turned vegan. This is the story that was told on the Food Revolution um, Summit. I'm I'm a little bit sceptical. Did they all have blue hair? (laughs) (laughs) But one story came up on there, which I, um, at first, I didn't believe it. So I went and did my own research. I actually had something up on my story on Instagram recently about it, because it is true. So this, um, in North Dakota, this great big lorry had an accident and fell over and the whole, the back doors came over, open, the whole road was covered in um, M&Ms. Nice. Those nice little, yeah. but not in bags. Um, and people are kind of photographing it going, God, you know, there's M&Ms or Skittles. I can't remember which it was, so I'll cover myself there. A brightly coloured sweet. Um full of sugar and nasties, and the road was covered. And it transpired that the driver of the truck was driving them to a cattle farm to feed the cows. No way. Yes. Now, it gets worse. At At this farm, the cows, they had bypassed the mouth and they had cut huge, great big holes into the cow's stomachs, and I've posted this a lot, and they were literally just tipping them into the stomachs so that they were just trying to plump them out and get the cow's fat so that they could kill them. And that's what you're eating. That's what I was talking about, big fat diabetic cows. Yeah. This is gross. It's gross, horrible. It's disgusting. And this is what I mean. So it's not ethical to, 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 to farm animals like this. It's disgusting. It's cruel. It's evil. Everything should be done properly, ethically, re- regenerative farming practices, local communities. That's where you need, you need to get, you need to know who your farmer is. You yep. need to get your food direct. I mean, like this, it's really confusing. I think in this world, especially in the health field, people try to find their way, you know, do, do a keto diet, a carnivore diet, a vegan diet, vegetarian, pescatarian, you know, you know, what's healthy, what's okay. not healthy. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I think. So, so I'll take, can I? Yep. Okay, you tell no, me what no, you no. think. You tell me no, what you, you think. Tell no, no, you, you tell me first. You tell me first. Ladies first, ladies first. Okay, I think you listen to your body. And I your bet. body will tell you. Okay. It's that simple. Yeah. With all health, listen to your body. I can't argue with that one. <laughs> Damn it. The witch got me. <laughs> so basically, yeah. So I, I, I'm not vegan business. Like, I don't, like, I, I do support believe that animal plants have protective chemicals they don't want to be eating a lot of plants it's not good for us plant matter fiber 
you know, digesting is very difficult. We're, we're not ruminant animals. We don't have multiple stomachs. We're not meant to be grazing all day. That it's very difficult to get really good nutrients from plants. You need to eat the right amount. You have to be very careful. You can do it, but it's hard work. Meat, proper meat, pasture-fed, regenerative farming practices. I mean, that's really dense by nutrient bioavailable. Um, I think it's, it's incredible. Am I 100% carnivore? No. I think as human beings, we were omnivore. We came out the cave and you know what? We didn't say we're only eating meat. You know, if sometimes there weren't any herds to, to hunt. If there were berries and mushrooms, we would forage and we would eat them. I think that's perfectly normal and acceptable. I, I think it's a bit of a balance. Like you said, listen to your body, see what you can tolerate, see what you don't tolerate and trust your gut instinct. I tolerate vegetables every day. And um, so my first meal of the day, one of my daily essentials is a flavonoid soup or smoothie. And, um, you know, in the summer, it's a smoothie. So explain to some people what flavonoids, uh, so it's a certain chemical found in things like carrots. Yep. And it's, it's basically every vegetable has different chemicals and flavonoids in and you need to, I believe, you need to eat the colour of the rainbow. Mm. Um, and that's, so that's not bad, bad advice. I, I have always made sure, I mean, from day dot with my children, that we would do the rainbow colours on the plate. Uh, and I still do. I eat the colours of the rainbow every single day. And I try to get at least 30 plants in my diet, different plants in my diet every day. So 30? Yeah. Three zero. Yeah. 30 plants. Yeah. Different plants. Yeah. And you're really easy. So I've got a smoothie and I've got soup in winter. So I've done it. A lot. It's not because it's all, don't forget, it's all the herbs and everything as well. So when I'm making soup. Is this soups, growing in your like garden? Um, well, all the herbs are. Yeah, I've got all the herbs I need. So would you tell people who are working, both parents are working crazy hours, coming home late at night? Tired, exhausted. How do they make this healthy meal? How do they? Well, because this, this is the, the criticism I get. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Malik, it's easy for you to say that. Do you know what? We're tired. We don't have money. We're working long hours. We don't have okay. time. So, what's the answer? Okay. So, I know the answer, but I'm asking yeah, you. Yeah. The, the answer is um, for me, I bulk cook. Yes. Okay. So, I bulk cook and I freeze. Even my smoothies. So, but don't defrost it in a microwave. No, don't have a microwave. Yes, anywhere near you. Oh, um, <laughs> I didn't even think to say that. Does anybody yeah. still have a microwave? Yeah, yes, people have um, lots of microwaves. Yeah. Right, okay, get rid of your microwave. Um, and so, bone broth. Uh, my bone carcasses come from Riverford. There are two to three, depending on the size, in the bag. Don't forget their waste product. They've sold the meat. And this is a waste product. So I think it's £3.30 or something for this big bag of bones. So you can buy it direct from Riverford? Yep. I mean, you're really plugging them. I hope they appreciate it. So, but um, you can, I can, if I need them, I can get them from my butcher, but they're not organic. Yeah. But so what, what do you do with this bone? Is, does it matter if it's mixed bones from different animals or does it have to be one... I only have chicken bone, so uh, the the vegetarian part of me still okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, can't yeah. do beef. Or you're like, you're, you're, by the way, I I didn't tell you, but you're just like my mum, right? Okay. So my mum doesn't have red meat, but she will have chicken and fish, but that's it. Yep. She doesn't have red meat. I mean, I don't. I, I do well. I eat chicken about twice a year. 
Oh, that's not very much. Um, that's kind of all I want. But, you know, Christmas Day, I'm not going to not have a slice of turkey with my girls. But I've got my nut roast on the side. Turkeys are amazing animals. Have you seen them in real life? Yes, I have. They're massive. They are huge. They're a bit frightening. They're very frightening. And you, the noise. I know. And the, like, what's that baggy thing just hanging off the nose? I know. I mean, how can they, they don't, why don't they just accidentally bite it? I mean, it's like floating around. It's crazy. I know. They're, they're, yeah. We so, went to Cotswold Wildlife Park recently and I, you know, I just remember seeing it. <laughs> I was like, what is this thing? It looks hilarious. Anyway, back to what you're saying. Right, bone, bone broth. Um, there are multiple ways of cooking it. Uh, the way that I find easiest is I have my bones. Mm-hmm. I cover them in herbs from my garden. Pop Oregano, basil, rosemary, thyme. Uh, rose- no, we don't have oregano. I'm just thinking my pantry. We've got thyme, or um, rosemary, um, and... And I also put bay leaves on we've got, them. We've got bay leaves. We've got bay leaf tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. down there, down there. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, bay, rosemary, thyme. Um, but you can put oregano in if you want to, or basil if you're if you're making a bone broth that you're going to be using as a base for Italian dishes or yeah. something. Yeah. It's really lovely. Yeah. If you're going to use it to make um, a, a beautiful kind of clear chicken noodle soup, um, then, you know, use th- some ginger. Um, turmeric, you know, anything, think about what you're going to be cooking that week or freezing and because you can label it. And I, I freeze in just old jam jars and I freeze all different sizes. So, so whether it's just, that, do you put salt and pepper or no, just, just so, water and herbs? So first of all, I do my herbs and I roast it for just 10 minutes. And then I put my water over it, my filtered water. Uh, and then I put all my vegetable peelings for the week on it. So it is a completely um, waste dish that tastes absolutely lovely. And I'm getting all the nutrients from, um, I don't put potato skins in because then I feed the meat, the best of the meat I feed my children and the not so good stuff I give my dogs uh, with some of the vegetable peelings. So I don't put potato peelings in. But if you're not feeding it to your dogs, then you can. What do you mean the the broth, the bone broth? No, um, everything... so these carcasses look completely bare when you put them in. Once you've boiled them, and I, well, you boil them and then you simmer for 24 hours, if you like. Um, but I've had one on my hob for a month. Uh, there is a bone broth in New York that's been going 100 years. So Holy moly. Yeah. So, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Just make sure that you bring it completely back up to the boil the next day and take it down to a simmer again. Obviously, don't let it just stand there for a week without doing that every day. Cause we've then we've got no off. gas right now. So, um, but you can do it in a slow cooker. It yeah. makes a, a different, um, it's a much clearer uh, broth in uh, a slow cooker. I don't know why. And if you want a really, really clear broth because you're kind of, doing a fancy meal for some reason. I don't do fancy meals, but some people do. My um, my daughters do, and they're really, really great cooks, is to put the water on, bring it to the boil, take that water off with all the scum in, and then go again. But here you are using literally your waste from your vegetables from the week. So the stems of the broccoli. Now, actually, that shouldn't be waste because you can peel those and then peel the inside and they make They're great in stir fries, but the outside that's a bit hard, throw it in your bone broth bag. Now, I have a drawer in my freezer, a couple of drawers, actually. And in those drawers, I put excess uh, 
peelings from vegetables. Now, it's also really good because I only believe in buying um, seasonal. Now, asparagus is one of my favourite vegetables in the world, but I only want it from England. I don't want it flown in from Peru with that carbon footprint and it doesn't have any taste. Well, no, no, don't, why, don't, why are you saying carbon footprint? Sorry? Why are you saying carbon footprint? Because there is a big carbon footprint flying it in. But also... I, I'm, I'm not into this whole climate, no, climate narrative and car, net zero and... Nor am I. And it's I, all about robbing us of money. And t- I, I, I believe in not shipping from far away, but using that language, I feel like, oh, you're just validating all this uh, climate well, scam. Um, there is a, a bit of a climate scam going on at the moment. However, I do believe we are trashing the world. And I yeah. don't think chemicals, we, environment, yeah. mines. I mean, shutting us in 15 minutes is not the solution, but the plastics, you know, the plastic bottles, the, the sheer toxins that we're using, the amount of chemicals that farmers yeah, are using. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I agree, with, I agree with all of that. Killing the topsoil. And I actually believe that it's really important that you eat seasonally locally. I'm with you all the way. And not having something. But, you know. The I, only reason I said that is. I, I, I know. I just think, look, I can be an environmentalist without buying into the climate narrative. Yeah. I love the environment. I love this planet. I want it healthy. I want us to not contaminate it, not ruin it, not get rid of the biodiversity, not spray herbicides and insecticides and pesticides. and Or chemtrails. Chemtrails. I I don't want any of this. I want a clean, beautiful planet, but I'm not buying the climate change narrative. That's Yes. Yes. No, I completely agree with you. Okay. Anyway, carry on. And if they stop spraying, you know, the, the plants and the skies, then we'd, we'd be there. Uh, but um, so what I do with asparagus mm. is because I only eat it seasonal to the UK, when you cook it, you can you bend it and you break that little woody bit off that yeah. Is, yeah. you can't eat. So I have a great big freezer tray full of it because I eat so I eat asparagus nearly every day in season. And it makes you wee smell funny, which it's a great detoxer. Um, so, you know, that's why it's making your wee smell funny. And I have a, a freezer tray just full of these little stalks so I can have the benefits of the asparagus all year round because I just grab a handful and throw it into my bone broth. Or my tomato. Um, I grow my own tomatoes and I freeze enough to get me through the so, winter. Yeah. Uh, but the stems of them. I've, you know, I just keep those, put them in my bone broth. Really? Yeah. I mean, So you mentioned bone broth bag. Do you put everything in a little bag and then that way you don't need to fish things out? And then what's well, left I, is... I do have some bags because I do try and keep some of the things separate from each other. If it's just things like bags of broccoli stems, you know, or um, carrot peelings or whatever, throw those all in one bag. But, you know... I need to, I need to see my asparagus. I need to see where I, certain things that I really love throughout the year that I want to know that I'm having that in my diet. So that's why. And I then do you that. just you boil it for simmer it for 12, 24 hours. Twenty four. Um, and and then you just drink the water. You strain it down, uh, strain everything out, uh, and then you've got this lovely. If it goes cold, put it in the fridge. It becomes this beautiful jelly with some lovely fat on the top. Uh, and that makes the most beautiful gravy, soups. So, so it makes jelly, sorry, did you say? Yes, it goes into kind of a collagen jelly. Oh. Um, it's it's runny when it's hot, 
But it, it goes, and that's why I put it in my diet because I wanted that collagen. I need to confess nutrition. something. This lovely lady friend called Marianne Walsh gave me some chicken legs to make bone broth and I never got around to doing it. Marianne, sorry, I'm going to do it. And you're very, very naughty. It's I'm so good for you. Now, naughty. you don't have It's to, not that I don't want to do it. No, I know, it's time. Different. Okay, uh, but... Again, once you get used to doing this, so before I started using raw carcasses, uh, when the kids were little, I used to do the same as my mum because uh, she couldn't buy the carcasses. She They had their own chickens. We had our own chickens. So she would cook the roast chicken and serve it for Sunday roast. And then when the bones were kind of stripped bare, then she would take the cooked bones and that's what she'd make her bone broth with. You can buy the legs or the wings or something like that. Um, but that's kind of, for I'm, me... I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, for me, I just... Um, that's a, kind of a little bit of a waste of money because it's not a waste product. Whereas if you've got the carcasses, whether you know they're raw or they're, you've cooked and eaten the chicken, then it's a waste product. You know how you said you roasted the stuff for half an hour before you put it in the water? Do you 20 always, minutes. 20 minutes. Do you always have to roast it? or? Yep. I've done it without, but it just gives it a slightly nicer flavour. I don't know why, I, for me. But again, it's just a matter of trying it and seeing what you like. Philly, this this conversation has gone all over the place. I've loved it. I've loved it. I've never called anyone a witch before. You're a really <laughs> nice witch. You're a really nice witch. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, I don't know what that makes me. But um, wizard. Yeah, great. I'll take that. Yeah. So, but I'm just looking at the time. It's an hour and a half has flown by. Oh my God, has it really? Yeah. And we've got so many other things to talk about. You need to come back. I'd love to. No, I mean it. You really need yeah. to come back, but we can't just end. So I've got this thing where I ask my guests, you know, what would be your top tip advice to, you know, if, if you know, you're dying, you've lived a very long life, like 120. It's time. It's time to go now. It's time oh, I hope not. It's time for the next life, yeah. whatever you're going to reincarnate into. But you're there, you've got your children, you've got your grandchildren, and you want to impart your wisdom and knowledge. What are you going to tell them? Oh, God, there's so much. Do it. I'd most probably say, watch the fucking podcast now. <laughs> it's all in there because they've never watched one of my or listened to my podcast. They haven't? No, they're going, oh, you've talked this to us for our whole lives, mother. Uh, so, um, no, I'd most probably just say, enjoy life. Um, enjoy it. It's an experience and it's here for enjoying. And, um, you know, we're here. There's a very good reason why nearly 8 billion of us are on the planet at this moment, because we're going, I believe we're going into very exciting times and, uh, we need to enjoy the process. Uh, and, and then, the journey. Yeah. And the other thing I say is, you know, when you pass over and you see that light at the end of the tunnel, go in the other direction in case it's a fucking Another vagina. <laughs> I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm done. This is my last life here on on this planet. I, I've done my Earth school. But it might be it might be like this a fast flowing river and you can't you can't swim upstream. This is it. You need to go back out that vagina. I think you only go back out if you haven't finished your your purpose here at Earth School. Really? Yeah. That's deep. It's very Dolores Cannon. So, um, so I hope that this time I will have done enough in Earth School. So. And and then what? Go through the pearly gates. 
Well, I don't know if it's Pearly Gates or it's another universe. I mean, you mentioned earlier about God, and um, I, I, I don't. I, I talk to the universe. I know the universe has my back, um, and I know that God is written in our DNA. We are God. God is within us. Um, and I know that might seem a little bit blasphemous to some people. No, God is within us. But God's within us. And um, and I talk to the, the God. Universe. God isn't in a church or in a mosque no. or in a temple. God is all around us and yep. within us. Yep. And we are nature. You know, everybody goes, go out into nature. It's like Some of us nature. are unnatural, though. Some of us have a lot of Botox and other artificial bits but yeah we are nature 100% we are nature I'm just joking we are 100% nature how many podcasts have you done by the way oh god um I don't know I think I'm hitting 60 now 60 yeah that's that's a lot so I've been going a year so it's one a week yeah I get one out a week um amazing uh and I'm loving doing it I'm learning so much do you know apparently only one percent of podcasts go over 10 episodes I've heard so you're smashing it. So, um, I'm not. I'm. I, I when I when I go for something, I go for something. So when I wrote my book, um, I wrote it in t- and published in two and a half months. What? Because I was just like, okay, I'm going to write a book. I was saying earlier, 2020 hit, and it's like I'm going to write. How a book. many copies have you sold? Um, about two thousand, which isn't bad for one single person put without back, a publisher put it back up again on her own hopefully you'll um, get one more person buying it yep. listening to this podcast so it covers uh, over 50 of the different techniques that I use to heal um, but I, I was talking about the universe if I've got time I'll quickly tell you this go 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 so, go, go go do it, um, do it do it I did the Hay House Writers course and I got to speak to Reed Tracy the CEO and I said told him my name told him a bit about my story said I'm writing a book and I'm going to publish it before Christmas this was October the 16th and he laughed and said good luck with that now when somebody laughs at me and says good luck with that it's just like I'm going to do this so I just channeled it and I wrote 20 hours a day 7 days a week I signed it off on December the 21st the winter solstice with Balboa Press and I sent it across to them I said please please can you get this up before Christmas they went oh, it's normally two weeks, but we will mark it as urgent. I said, okay, can you do me a favor? Can you contact Amazon and ask them to put it up as a pre-order? And they said, no, you're a first-time self-published author. Amazon will never put you up as a pre-order. Okay, and the other thing is they use a totally different format, so we have to get it up. They reformat it, and that takes a minimum of two weeks, so that is not a goer. I'm like, oh. I was knackered. I lay on my bed and winter solstice, as I said, shit hot manifesto. I meditated. I did tapping. I did soma breath work. I'm also a soma breath work coach. I have no idea I, what the hell uh, that is. There's another bit of woo woo yeah, stuff I need to learn. For another time. So I'm doing soma breath work. I'm, I'm doing tapping, matrix re imprinting, uh, didgeridoo, you name it. I did it. And all I did was visualize my book on Amazon as a pre order before Christmas. And then on the 23rd of December, I looked on uh, Balboa and I was up. And I'm like, yep, I've published. Um, Read Tracy one day, I can hand you that book. And went, yeah, I did it. Uh, and then on Boxing Day, I said to my daughter, I'm just going to look on Amazon. She said, oh, for fuck's sake, mother, don't be so stupid. It's not going to be on Amazon. I need to look. And I looked and there it was as a pre-order. And its published date is December the 21st, 2020. Wow. The day 
I signed it off. That is the power that we have that we don't tap into. I'm going to tap into, I want to do a book. I'm going to write a book. Good. I mean that. Good. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely should. Everybody should write a book. I really want to write my book. Yeah. I'm so, I need to do it. Yep. You've inspired me. Good. Billy, Start. Where can everyone find you? So my webpage has all the details on and can't get me taken down because TikTok actually, we were talking about the stinging nettles deplatformed me and I had to start again. Um, and I'm quite heavily shadow banned. So my webpage is a really good place to find me, which is just www.phillyjlay.com. And then you can find me Philly J. Lay on all social media. You, apart from TikTok, Philly J. Lay one. Um, and then you can find the podcast. I put little clips up um, on YouTube, but it's mainly up on Rumble. Same with me. Yeah, because we have no freedom of speech yeah, at all yeah. on YouTube. Nasty people. Yep. So Rumble is the place to go and listen to a, a watch a podcast. And then it's up on all other podcast platforms, you know, Spotify, Apple, everywhere else. So please subscribe and to this podcast, subscribe, <laughs> uh, give it a like, share, you know, do everything. I'm going to talk to the camera, subscribe, <laughs> like, share, write a review, do everything you can to help our podcast. Cause that is the only way we're going to get this information out there. And, and buy me a coffee and all the other stuff. Yep. Everything you can do to help. <laughs> Listen, it's been amazing. And you're definitely coming back. I had oh. I had a great chat. It was just epic. Absolutely epic. And I completely loved it. I'm Thank really looking you. forward to seeing you next week. Yeah. It's like we're bestest buddies now. <laughs> Listen, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this conversation, this journey. And um, until next time, bye-bye, everybody. Bye.